different because our staff is praying this week and as we're kind of responding personally and as a staff together about what's been happening in the world, we felt like today was a really prime opportunity to create some space for different kinds of prayer. And so you're going to be invited into some things maybe you're not super familiar with, maybe you haven't practiced before, but we're going to step into a prayer time of grief to be able to release our grief, be honest about our grief. We're going to step into a prayer time of comfort, to pray comfort for all those who are hurting and mourning. We're going to step into a prayer time of healing. We're going to step into a prayer time of peace, and then finally a prayer time of hope. And so the service is going to look very different than it usually looks. As we start, I'd ask you to stand with me. And I would just share... There's something incredibly unique about being with the body of Christ. Sometimes we ask questions like, why is it important to gather? It's not just to receive content from good speakers or intelligent people or whatever is happening. But there's something incredibly unique when we're together. Just the simplicity of that. Especially in times of mourning and grief, where a lot of people would actually choose isolation, we lean in together. And so as people arrive here today, as you're settling in at home, ask Jesus to be very, very present. And if that's a struggle to pray that, look to your right and to your left. If you're here in this room, Jesus is present within these people. And sometimes we have to lean into the faith of our brothers and sisters recognize that Jesus is already with us. And so I'm excited. I'm sad. I have faith. I have doubt. I have anger. Most of all, I have a good shepherd who's very present and with us today. So Jesus, we present this time to you. We ask you to make it meaningful.
empathize with those families as best we can in as incomplete a way as we can. We beg you to hold them close. Healing and holy God, we gather today in common grief for the epidemic of gun violence. Be with all those who suffer from the lasting trauma incidents of gun violence leave in their wake. Be with those whose wounds from gun violence are reopened today. Grant us strength and courage to live in hope of a better day, our minds fixed on the doing of your will, so that we, having been delivered from fear, may live in peace. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray in remembrance of those impacted by gun violence both those who have been injured and those who have been killed in cities and towns across our country, and especially in Uvalde this week in Buffalo. We hold their memories dear. We treasure those lives permanently altered through injury or those taken in senseless acts of violence. And we pray that they might find rest and peace. May their lives continue to make a difference in our world. Together we pray, God of mercy, heal our broken hearts. We raise our prayers in remembrance of the families and friends of the victims of gun violence in our nation, in Uvalde and Buffalo. In particular, comfort those who mourn, Lord. Dry the tears of those who weep. Sustain those who feel diminished. Impart courage to the hearts of those who feel helpless. Together we pray, God of peace, sustain our broken hearts. We pray in remembrance of all communities torn apart by gun violence. We are too familiar with places like Parkland, Columbine, Aurora, Orlando, Newtown, Roseburg, Charleston, and El Paso. And there are countless others. Each incident of violence affects all of us in our daily lives and work. Renew our resolve to pursue peace in our cities and towns to respect the dignity of all human beings. Together we pray, God of comfort, encourage our broken hearts. We pray in remembrance of school teachers, retired officers, pastors, and doctors who put their community's needs ahead of their own safety. We pray for first responders who witness the horror of gun violence while in service to our communities. And we pray for those with responsibility for law enforcement. We give thanks for their call to protect and serve and to seek justice. And we pray that their emotional wounds will be healed. Together we pray, God of courage, encourage our broken hearts. We pray in remembrance of all people impacted by gun violence, as gun violence knows no boundaries, but can affect all nationalities, races, cultures, faiths, genders, and socioeconomic classes. It can affect us where we live, where we worship, where we work, where we study, and where we play. Together we pray, God of love, transform our broken hearts. We pray for those who have committed acts of gun violence and for their families. We remember those suffering from mental illness who have gone untreated, and those suffering from loneliness and isolation. We pray for those who use guns, power, and violence rather than respect and dignity to reconcile differences. Grant us the strength to pursue justice with a voice of love. Together we pray, God of forgiveness, enlighten our broken hearts. We pray for all community leaders and elected officials. We pray especially for the young adult leaders of the gun violence prevention movements. Give them insight, wisdom, and courage to address the epidemic of gun violence. Pour forth your spirit on all our neighborhoods and break the chains of violence that bind our people. Together we pray, God of power, strengthen our broken hearts. We pray today for ourselves and for others in our lives who have been touched by gun violence. Invited to choose one or two names to pray specifically for their families as they wrestle with and endure this tragedy.
Andrea Anaya Rubio, Alethea Ramirez, Emery Joe Garza, Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez, Eliana Cruz Torres, Eliana Ellie Garcia, Eva Morales, Irma Garcia, Jackie Cesares, Jayla Nicole Seguero, Jace Luevanos, Jose Flores, Layla Salazar, McKenna Lee Elrod, Maita Rodriguez, Miranda Mathis, Devea Bravo, anger and frustration in your own life on 
with the eyes of your mercy. Comfort them with a sense of your presence. Preserve them from any further harm. Give them patience in their affliction. Give them grace to bear bravely the changes that they will endure for the rest of their lives. The pain they may have to face. Give them the courage to face the unimaginable moments that they have experienced and are still awaiting them. Give them trust and confidence and at last give peace. Into our grieving we weave the strength of you, Father. Into our grieving we weave the compassion of the Son. Into our grieving we weave the comfort of the Spirit. Into our grieving we weave the presence of the three in one. Into our anger we invite the patience of the Father. Into our numbness we invite the healing of the Son. Into our confusion, we invite the wisdom of the Spirit. And we shall grieve together in community with the three in one. world would be renewed with your unfailing mercy. Help us rebuild and repair where harm has been done, both in our land and in our hearts. Help us acknowledge our righteous anger and all of our fears, but not dwell in them so that we may be led into healing and peace. We ask for peace that passes understanding. Help us to be consistent. Breathe life into us for each new day because healing takes time. But you are with us in that time. God of rescue and restoration, remind us that you are present to each individual heart and to our communal cry. Give us courage and boldness to plead the case of our children and deliver us from the evil one. Redeem these systems, O oh God. Protect the vulnerable, O oh God. Let the captives be free. And Good Shepherd, who cares about the world and all that are in it, may our action for a more peaceable world be a prayer of its own. Lord, hear our prayer. Our hearts are breaking, Lord, as our nation buries the innocent and the brave. The loss is overwhelming. Send comfort and strength, O Father, to our grieving parents. and family and friends in this time of shock and mourning shield them from despair 
Send your healing to the school children who are lost and frightened, whose eyes have witnessed unfathomable horrors. Ease their pain, Jesus. Let their fears give way to hope. And let their cries give way once more to laughter. Bless us, Lord, and work through us. Turn our helplessness into action. Teach us to believe that we can rise up from this tragedy with renewed faith in your unfailing goodness. Shield us from indifference and from our tendency to forget. Open our hearts and open our hands. Innocent blood is calling out to us to act. So remind us that we must commit ourselves to prevent further bloodshed with all our hearts and our souls. Teach us perseverance and dedication. Let us rise up as one in a time of soul searching and repair so that all children can go to school in peace. Father, let them be safe. God of the brokenhearted, God of the living and God of the dead, would you gather the souls of these victims? May they find peace in your presence, God. Their lives have ended, but let their lives not be for naught. In this long and painful woundedness in our nation, teach us to cling to your garments, just as the woman with an issue of blood. For in your presence there is healing. Teach us to cling to you, and not to more walls, or weapons, or policies, or our own fearful huddles. Release your healing into our children, our neighbors, our schools, and our communities, Jesus. In your name we pray. save you from the hunter's trap and from deadly sickness. God will protect you with his pinions. You'll find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness is a protective shield. Don't be afraid of terrors at night, arrows that fly in daylight, or 
more sickness that prowls in the dark, destruction that ravages at noontime. Even if 1,000 people fall dead next to you, 10,000 right beside you, it won't happen to you. Just look with your eyes and you will see the wicked punished because you've made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your place of residence. No evil will happen to you. No disease will come close to your tent because he will order his messengers to help you, to protect you wherever you go. They will carry you with their own hands so you don't bruise your foot on a stone. You'll march on top of lions and vipers. You'll trample young lions and serpents underfoot. God says, because you are devoted to me, I'll rescue you. I'll protect you because you know my name. Whenever you cry out to me, I'll answer. I'll be with you in troubling times. I'll save you and glorify you. I'll fill you full with old age. I'll show you my salvation. So I have two prayers of peace that I'd like to pray from, from the Book of Common Prayer. Oh, Almighty God, kindle, we ask you, in every heart the true love of peace and guide with your wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth that in tranquility your dominion may increase till the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit one God now and forever Amen then eternal God in whose perfect kingdom no sword is drawn but the sword of righteousness no strength known but the strength of love so mightily spread abroad your spirit that all peoples may be gathered under the banner of the Prince of Peace as children one Father, to whom be dominion and glory, now and forever. So Jesus, I just have this image of in the same way you held Lazarus in your bosom, that you are holding every one of those children, and they are at perfect peace. And so I just pray that that image us, comfort the families and prophesy of a world to come where we are at peace in your bosom. And I have to confess that that's a hard image to cling to because it just feels too much. The world feels too much. And I want to crawl under a rock. Give us the courage as the people of God to continue to prophesy shalom. And as we gather together to realize that we are prophesying shalom. And give us the faith and the courage to believe that one day you will reconcile nature and this world and your children to yourself all will be made whole give us the faith to believe it to be a non-anxious presence to those around us peace of God be made known to us today I'm just going to take a moment to pray over Miss Jessica Harvey if you'd like to come up. If you guys have not heard, Jessica is transitioning off of staff. She will, they will be sticking around, but she is going to be taking a position with the curriculum, which she's very incredibly gifted at, unbelievably gifted at. So we're going to miss, um, we get to pray over her and staff this week. That was That'll be the part I miss the most. It's just your personality, your love for Jesus in that setting. 
Um, we, we needed it, and we loved that you love Jesus the way you do, and kind of childlike. Um, it was very, it was very on time for our staff the entire time you were part of that. And so, but I just wanted to give our, our body an opportunity to pray over, um, bless, and to um, believe that God is just going to continue to bless your family and your next steps. And so if you guys want to reach your hands towards Miss Jessica. She's promised that she wouldn't cry, so. <laughs> All right, so Jesus, I thank you so much for Jessica and her heart and spirit and childlikeness and the intricate way her brain works to connect things for kids um, and even adults. Like, it just it is a gift, and she is a gift. I thank you for how she thinks to you first in times of trouble, in times of celebration. I thank you that during our times of spiritual formation as a staff, she's off in a corner digging in and diving deep every time and drawing or painting something or building something from sticks. Just all kinds of creativity. And I just thank you for that. And I pray that in the next season, we continue to be a blessing to her and her family and that she continues to be a blessing to us and that you just keep this relationship strong. And we thank you for all that she's invested in these kids. Thank you for how they've grown and how they understand prayer and how they come home and have lessons and share with families. And I pray that that's even broadened in the next season of her life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Love you. Do you want to say anything? Okay, so I'm going to close by not preaching because just honestly, I do not have the umph to preach, but I'm going to share some things. I actually prepared a message completely that on Thursday I felt like I was not supposed to preach, and I felt like God led us in this direction. So I've spent some time in these things, but I just want to share a couple things on grief as we step into this because I've, I've had the opportunity to do some more funerals in the past couple years than I've done in my entire life. And one of the things you deal with when you lose someone is grief. And one of the key ingredients to understanding grief is that it's not linear. You don't get to decide when you grieve. You don't get to say 6.30 this day. And so I just want to share with you, while we created space to grieve at the beginning of this service, when you feel the need to do that, allow yourself to do that whether you're in your car, on your job, allow yourself to cry the tears that need to be cried. And I'm especially aware today of the people who are already going through grief on top of what's happening in our world and how compounded that feels and how intense that feels and how it drives us into isolation or into other things. And I just want to share with those people in this room that I feel like I see you and want to be praying for you and I pray that you would experience the presence of the Good Shepherd within that, especially if it's compounded. But I'm going to share just a moment on hope. Um, this was our fifth prayer point. And I'm going to read you just a definition of what I think Christian hope is really quickly. Christian hope is the hope in God and Jesus Christ. It is a confident affirmation that God is faithful, that he will complete what he has begun. It is also, therefore, the confident expectation which waits patiently and ardently for God's purposes to be fulfilled. Christian hope, the word there, is actually elpis, and it means confident expectation. And just to be honest with you, this week is not a week I've just been dancing in hope. I have not just been jogging the streets super hopeful. I shared with Sarah that I do believe Jesus is good. I believe that. I can't explain what happens a lot of weeks, not just this week. I mean, Uvalde, Ukraine, it's all over. I can't explain it, but I have this quiet assurance within me that I don't believe the whole world embodies that we've been gifted with through the power of the Spirit, and that is that our God is a God of hope, and He instills hope within His people, and He sends His people as His body on earth. So that means wherever our presence is, as Sarah said, there's a non-anxious presence available. doesn't mean it's always happening. 
So it makes me ask the question about the Psalm 23 passage. If the good shepherd is somewhere, what would that mean? Is he with us today just to make us feel better? No. If the good shepherd is with a community or a person, we have to ask, why are you near? And I think, and I'm just going to share some maybe bold thoughts. I think that's the purpose of us living our lives on a planet. It's not to just hide away out of the world and not of it, to be in the world. In the world as those with a good shepherd who have a presence with them that is different than what their culture and the world embodies. And that doesn't end only with recognizing he's there for me, but that we've been sent on mission into places. So this week I've seen online, I'll be honest, I don't know how honest I want to be. I'm just, I'm just going to speak. I'm going to speak it. So there's a really popular kind of quote going around that has like uh, prayer and uh, thoughts and prayers with a line through it and then uh, laws and legislations. And part of me is like, yes, amen. And part of me is like, why can't we be both? Why can't the people of God be both? And I get it. I get that the world is like the people of God should look different. Because prayers in my bedroom alone, while I believe it does more than nothing, is not the answer to everything if we're living and breathing and having our being on this planet. If we're here, why are we here? Right? It's not just, I heard this song when I was in college that I I loved the tone of it, but I hated the message. And it, it was just, uh, the song was by Chris Rice. Sorry, Chris Rice, if you're listening. He <laughs> said, I just don't want to be with you. I just want this waiting to be over. But the children of God and the people of God live boldly and, and profoundly in the world differently. And that's the purpose of our existence. And so to be the children of God, we're children of hope. And hope is exactly Believing something that isn't seeable. So hope for us is believing that something will happen that wouldn't normally happen because of who we follow. Romans 15, 13 says this. May the hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I share that to say, I think there's a few things we can do this week to foster hope. The first thing is community. I don't know that people know how important it is to be in community. I don't know that even the children of God know how important it is to just look across a table and share a thing like I'm breaking to pieces in community. I don't know how many people know how important it is to Read a word of scripture together in community. Beginning of this year, God told me to involve scripture in awkward places. Some of you have been a part of that. So there are times when I meet with somebody I don't really know, and I say something like, we're just going to read a little passage together. It is awkward. But I felt like he was telling me, if you really believe that I am your good shepherd, why not involve that in the uncomfortable relationships and not just church people? It's not super comfortable. So the way that we foster hope is together we're doing that actively now just by walking in. Another thing that we do is we lean into believing that Jesus' presence is actually real. That's a real tangible hope for me that I do every week is I recognize your presence is near me and without it, I would not be able to accomplish anything. And then the third thing we can do to foster hope is let our prayers become actions. I'm going to share a personal one for me, a personal one for me relating to this experience. I don't personally believe any human being should own an assault rifle. I don't personally see how there's any reason why that should ever be a thing. I was at a golf tournament two years ago, and the, the winning prize was an assault rifle. I could not believe it. I don't personally see how that could ever be something that is needed anywhere. So I pray a prayer of childlikeness this morning when I pray. Because that's what God's been doing in me is telling me, don't just, don't just become a Facebook prophet. Don't just tweet a thought and then back off as if that's actually impacting your world. 
how do you embody this? So I prayed the prayer, Father, and I pray this prayer, because I have to now take this action to my prayer, which is a real one, and make it not just a thought. So I prayed a prayer, Father, anyone who owns a gun, let the gun disappear. If that's by laws and legislations, let us step in and be the hands and feet that speak that. If that's by you actually, through the power of your spirit, making that disappear, let's let it be that. And I actually also ask God for you to replace that. <laughs> this is where it got really childlike. I was like, will you replace that with a Bible and a shepherd's heart? That any human being that needs something like that to feel like maybe they're safe or free. And that's not, that's not freedom. That's not freedom, having an assault rifle. That's so far from that understanding. So I pray, Father, that you would replace whatever the need for that is with the heart of a shepherd for whoever's in that person's life. Make it impossible. So a child would pray something like that. Make it impossible for someone to have one. So I have to pray childlike prayer. But I have to do the work now of taking what God is stirring in me into my own life. To not just prove a point or say a phrase that makes a person in this room feel like something's been said. But to actually embody it with my kids when I'm talking to Noah about different things. What does it look like to foster the heart of a shepherd and replacing that? What does it look like for people to go to a golf tournament and the winning prize be an assault rifle and it to be like, let's shut this down. This is ridiculous. Can we just have like a golf club <laughs> or like a golf ball? Something's broken. So our prayers have to turn into action. There's a quote from Vyroslav Wolf that says, there is something deeply hypocritical about praying for a problem we are unable to help with ourselves. Richard Foster says, to pray is to change. I don't think I gave you the Isaiah passage. There's a passage in Isaiah that says, if you're unwilling, if you're unwilling to serve and love, then your prayers are actually empty and worthless. You can stop. I didn't want to read that out loud, so I just quoted it. But I think we get the heart of that. So for us to understand that hope's actually connected to how we embody our faith, and it's actually connected to how the people in our world view our faith and our Jesus, when something like this happens, whatever it may be, for the people of God to actually be the voice of the kingdom of God actually builds hope in that God. But when the people of God are unable to speak truth to the powers that are actually harming the world that people live in, people don't have hope in that God. We're the doorway or the entry point to that kind of connection. So how we live our lives, non-anxious presence, non-violence, robust faith in the living, breathing spirit of God, that he's alive and active, that's how our world has changed. So I want to pray for you today, and I want you to pray with me, that we would be the children of hope, and that we would believe our God is a God of hope, and that as we're instilled into our world, we possess a hope that the world needs, because it doesn't have that hope. That's why we're here. So I pray that it starts in you, that it starts, it starts to be fostered in you, to see that, that the good shepherd in the midst of our lives and in our futures actually looks different. It does not mean we will always be 100% harm-free. It does not mean our lives will go perfectly, but it does mean that he is there. What does it look like for the good shepherd to be in our world right now? And I want you to ask yourself this, this week. What does it look like for the good shepherd to be in my life right now? Why is he near me? Yes, to keep me safe and protect me, but why is he near me? Is there something happening around me he's unleashing me into? And I'm going to ask that you allow your prayers that you've prayed this week to become action. What would it look like for the prayers that you've prayed to actually have feet to them? So we're going to pray a prayer together. This will be... 
This will be a you and I, and you can stand to your feet. This will also be the closing of this portion. When you see the one phrase at the end, that's all of us reading together. Does that make sense to everybody? Just give me a head nod if that...
invite you to prayer on Tuesday morning if you'd like to pray a little more. 7 a.m. at the table. And then Tuesday night food trucks. Love you guys. You can get one of these in the back of the room if you'd like to take one home with you. for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.